RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Bill Robertson. The top stories, a defecting spy reveals the scale of Beijing's spying operations in Hong Kong and elsewhere. The government plans to reopen the Cross Harbour Tunnel by the end of next week. And President Trump claims to have personally prevented mainland troops from entering the SAR. Australian media are reporting that a Chinese defector involved in spying operations in Hong Kong and Taiwan has provided a trove of intelligence on Beijing's political interference operations. Alex Price has the story. Newspapers in the Nine Network said the defector, named as William Wang Lichang, had given Australia's counter-espionage agency the identities of Beijing's senior military intelligence officers in Hong Kong and provided details of how they fund and conduct operations here in Taiwan and Australia. Mr Wang said he was personally involved in infiltration and disruption operations in all three territories, including the kidnap of one of the five Causeway Bay booksellers taken to the mainland and interrogated on suspicion of selling dissident materials. Nine said Mr Wang revealed in granular detail how Beijing covertly controls listed companies to fund intelligence operations, including the surveillance and profiling of dissidents and the co-opting of media organisations. In Hong Kong, Mr Wang said he was part of an intelligence operation hidden within a listed company that infiltrated universities and media to counter the pro-democracy movement. Mr Wang claimed to have had responsibility for recruiting mainland students to infiltrate universities and student associations. Nine said Mr Wang was currently living in Sydney with his wife and infant son on a tourist visa and had requested political asylum. Chief Secretary Matthew Cheung says the government hopes to reopen the Cross Harbour Tunnel before the end of the month. The tunnel has been closed for over a week after protesters at the Polytechnic University vandalised toll booths and police laid siege to the campus. Mr Cheung says the police and fire services department have finished collecting evidence in the area and government staff started making repairs yesterday. Mr Cheung says the government might reopen the tunnel without charging tolls at first if toll booths aren't fixed yet. But he says that possible that possible arrangement will only last for one or two days. Our target is to strive to open it towards the end of next week, but much depends on the progress on the repair works, particularly over the next, over the next 48 hours. So by next Monday afternoon, we should have a, a very good grasp of the exact opening time, when it will be open towards the end of the week or not. We'll do our very best. In fact, we are now, as I said, doing our very best to speed up the repair work across the board including the toll uh, stations as well. Mr Chung also said that police presence inside and outside polling stations will encourage people to vote in tomorrow's district council elections. He refuted suggestions that stationing police inside poll centres and patrolling nearby will scare voters away or prompt conflicts. For every polling station, we must ensure that there is enough police presence to deter any interference and also to really maintain law and order to maintain the safety of the poll staff as well as the electors and the candidates. So I don't think the high-profile patrol of police will deter any people. In fact, on the other hand, if anything, it will encourage people. It gives them a sense of security that the police are around to protect them and also provide law and order. Over 100 people have joined a march in Kowloon Tong urging authorities to use less tear gas, saying their children's health is at risk. The parents, some of whom brought along their children, chanted slogans as they marched from Suffolk Road to LaSalle College. They said they want to express concern over tear gas affecting school campuses and children's health and hoped the police would refrain from firing tear gas near residences and schools. 
The US President Donald Trump has claimed that he put pressure on President Xi Jinping not to send troops into Hong Kong, something he says saved thousands of lives. Mr Trump said he stood with Hong Kong but did not directly address whether he would sign the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act, which was approved by lawmakers this week. In an interview with Fox News, he was asked what effect the situation here was having on trade talks with President Xi. That's a complicating factor. There's no question about it. And if it weren't for me, Hong Kong would have been obliterated in well, 14 minutes. He's got a million soldiers standing outside of Hong Kong that aren't going in only because I ask him, please don't do that. You'll be making a big mistake. It's going to have a tremendous negative impact on the trade deal. Okay, and so he wants to make a trade deal. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Former police chief Andy Sung has failed in his bid to become the next head of a United Nations office fighting drug crimes. Mr Tsung, who took a controversial hardline stance during the Occupy movement in 2014, had been nominated by Beijing to lead the UN office on drugs and crime. But this has prompted online petitions as well as a call from US Senator Ted Cruz to block his bid. Former U.S. National Security Advisor John Bolton has accused the White House of denying him access to his personal Twitter account since he resigned in September. In his first tweet in two months, he thanked Twitter for returning control to his account. A senior official in the U.S. administration said the White House had not denied Mr. Bolton access to his account and didn't have the technical means to do so. Meanwhile, President Trump has declared he would like a full trial in the Senate if the House of Representatives votes to impeach him over Ukraine. Mr Trump said he was angered by what he'd heard during this week's impeachment hearings and he was particularly critical of the former US ambassador to Ukraine who testified against him. This ambassador that, you know, everybody says is so wonderful, she wouldn't hang my picture in the embassy, okay? She's in charge of the embassy. She wouldn't hang it. It took like a year and a half or two years for her to get the picture up. The leaders of Britain's main political parties have been questioned by a television studio audience ahead of next month's general election. The BBC's Helen Catt reports on some of the questions the four politicians, Conservative Prime Minister Boris Johnson, Labour's Jeremy Corbyn, Liberal Democrats Joe Swinson and Nicola Sturgeon of the Scottish National Party were asked. There has been one question in particular that has dogged the Labour leader throughout this election campaign. Would he back Remain or leave in his planned Brexit referendum? His answer tonight, neither. Jo Swinson faced heavy questioning over her party's role in the austerity policies introduced by the coalition government. Nicola Sturgeon was challenged on issues over which she, as First Minister, has control, such as Scotland's high number of deaths from drugs. Mr Johnson was asked about his personal integrity. He was also criticised for not publishing a report into possible Russian interference in British democracy. And now it's time to take a look ahead at the weekend's Premier League action with the BBC's John Bennett. The special one is back. Three-time Premier League winner Jose Mourinho takes charge of Tottenham Hotspur for the first time this weekend. The former Chelsea boss replaced the sacked Maurizio Pochettino at Spurs in a whirlwind 12 hours on Tuesday into Wednesday. It's his first job since being sacked by Manchester United 11 months ago and he says he's learnt from his mistakes. All eyes will be on the London Stadium where Mourinho and his new team take on struggling West Ham. His former club, Chelsea, have their biggest test of the season so far when they face the champions Manchester City away from home. 
Chelsea have won their last six Premier League matches under Frank Lampard. Liverpool have an eight-point lead at the top going into the game at Crystal Palace. Second place Leicester City are also on the road up against Brighton. And under pressure Arsenal boss Unai Emery needs a win and a positive performance at home to Southampton. Meanwhile, another of Mourinho's former teams, Manchester United, are away to a side that has caught many by surprise this season. We're talking about Sheffield United. They were only promoted back to the Premier League in May and now they find themselves in fifth place. Those are some of the games to look forward to this weekend. To cricket now, and a short while ago, New Zealand were 370 for six in reply to England's 353 in the first test at Mount Maunganui. Meanwhile, in Brisbane, Australia were 505 for five in reply to Pakistan's 240 all out, with Manus Labushan unbeaten on 160. The governing body of World Athletics has halted Russia's reinstatement because of new suspected breaches of anti-doping rules. The agency said it was not only considering expelling Russia, but could also scrap a provision that allows some of its athletes to compete as neutrals. The BBC's Grant Ferret reports. This announcement marks a serious setback for Russia's hopes of taking part in the Olympics next year in Tokyo. It was originally banned from international competition four years ago, after evidence of a state-sponsored doping program was uncovered. Since then, it's been battling to be readmitted. But on Thursday, the Athletics Integrity Unit accused the head of Russian athletics and other senior officials of obstructing its investigations into a high jumper who's been competing internationally as a neutral. A spokeswoman for the Russian Athletics Federation said its lawyers were examining the new allegations. And to end the news, a reminder of the top stories once again. A defecting spy reveals the scale of Beijing's spying operations in Hong Kong and elsewhere. The government plans to reopen the Cross Harbour Tunnel by the end of next week, and President Trump claims to have personally prevented mainland troops from entering the SAR. That's the news from RTHK. 24 hours a day, this is RTHK. <laughs> And welcome to this week's edition of World Vibes with myself, Pierre Tremblay, with you till 3 p.m. This week we offer a smorgasbord of new music with no less than three featured albums. Two EPs from France and Quebec, respectively, and one classics compilation CD from Jamaica. I.e. two reggae albums and one new singer-songwriter. As always, Giovanotti says it so well... We're still the belly button of the world. And we start off with our first EP from French reggae band Mystical Fire. This is their fourth album, a new EP with eight songs. We'll be listening to a few from that. It's called Born Again, the name of the EP. And the first track that we listen to is called What Goes Around, of course, Comes Back Around. We played their previous album, Chill Sessions, which was their third album last year, and their six members fronted by singer-songwriter Mystique Loïc. Mystique Loïc, and they're from the east of France, just on the border with Switzerland. Mystical Fire, garnering no ends of uh, acclaim, they're very much based on roots reggae from the 70s and 80s. Here's Mystical Fire with What Goes Around. Mm -hmm. 